Hi, and welcome to the I Am Lake Worth podcast. I'm your host, Carl Stoveland, and today I'm here with Julie Seaver. Hi, Julie. Hi, Carl. How are you? I'm doing just great. Julie is the executive director of the Compass Center here in Lake Worth and was part of the I Am Lake Worth 2 project that was photographed. Mm, I got you in just under the wire right before the show, I think. Is... I know. That was super fun. So we are recording today. We took the recording system out on the road. It's the first time I've had it out of my office, and we are recording here in Julie's office at Compass, and so far, so good. <laughs> well, technically, it's the center's office. I have to share my office with a board of directors, program directors, and accounting, but we all wear many hats, so it's a shared office space that we happen to have ourselves today. Well, that works out just fine I for know. us. And if somebody else comes in, well, we'll just make it work. So this is actually, I think, episode number 25 of the I Am Lake Worth podcast. So that would put me at about a third of the way through the people I've already photographed. And I'm starting to photograph I Am Lake Worth 3. So I feel like I'm always behind on the podcasts. I understand what that feels like. (laughs) The way I normally start this, Julie, is let's give you a chance to talk about Compass. All of the local folks here in Lake Worth, they know Compass. They know what you do, or they've at least seen your name and things, but we actually have listeners now in Canada and Australia and all over the world. So for those folks, let's give a little breakdown of what Compass is. Okay, great. Um, So, well, congratulations. I didn't know that this was an international podcast, so (laughs) internationally, we're going to be famous. (laughs) It's pretty easy to go international now. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, So uh, Compass uh, started out as the Stop AIDS Project in 1988, which was the height of the um, HIV and AIDS epidemic. Uh, Started out with a group of individuals um, passing out condom information and trying to um, tend to their dying brothers and sisters uh, from the AIDS epidemic. And in 1992, uh, the Compass was gifted a building in West Palm uh, right off of 45th Street. I hear it was a dreadful building, no windows and uh, uh, chain fence and barbed wire. So I'm not really sure who would want to come to the LGBT community center of the Palm Beaches um, with barbed wire and yeah, no windows. Not, not when it feels like a jail. Like, uh, yeah, because when I came at first came into Compass um, in the early 2000s, it was in a different building where the Lord's Place has their thrift store now on the okay. Highway. I came into the center and then I came out. <laughs> so um, coming in and coming out, um, we are the only direct service provider for the LGBT community here in Palm Beach County. And uh, last year, we celebrated our 30-year anniversary, and um, that was about the time that uh, people started telling me about the I Am Lake Worth exhibit and how I should be a part of that. And so I thought it was kind of interesting that I was contacted by you for um, the photo exhibit because I really just don't feel... Like, I'm all that interesting, but Compass is definitely interesting. And so, and and Compass is Lake Worth. We've been invested in this community, and we love it here. And so I think that this is just the perfect marriage. I think the city of Lake Worth uh, and Compass um, is a very unique public-private partnership that is not uh, demonstrated anywhere else in the country. And it's it's, you're right. I think Lake Worth is a perfect home for Compass within – Within Palm Beach County especially, this is just the right community. Um, I think it probably makes it easier for you guys to get some stuff done being here. And just in general, I think it's an open and welcoming community. So I think it works really well. Absolutely. Now to get back to what you said about you not being interesting, the the whole point of the project (laughs) is that it's a quilt of all the people who make up Lake Worth that makes Lake Worth interesting. So by all means, yes, you are interesting, and I'm happy to have had you in the project. Well, I appreciate it. It was really fun to be able to bring my family and friends and go, yeah, that's right. I'm on a wall (laughs) in an art exhibit. I I told you I was special, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love the opening receptions. We get such a great turnout 
and you know hundreds of people and the music and everyone together from the community it's just it's so much fun and what a great use of the space i know that when compass first moved into uh the location here in downtown lake worth we actually moved in in march of 2009 and um so it was always the shuffleboard courts mm-hmm. And sometimes we had our meetings with the city and our local Palm Beach Sheriff's Office because we coordinate with the city and our local police and Department of Transportation for uh, coordinating the Pride Parade that takes a year to plan. And so sometimes we would meet at the shuffleboard courts. And I remember being in that building with just a bunch of tables and chairs. And now that it's you know the art gallery it was really it was really great because to be perfectly honest that was my first time at um hatch 1121 for the exhibit and i, I you're right i think it's an absolutely great space and it's coming into its own it's getting used more and more um i'm looking at doing not only the i am lake worth 3 show which we're calling we are lake worth in April of next year, but also curating a show with five other artists who are local to the area. I've been talking to them over there about that and lining up the artists. So that's about a year away. And you're right to do to do things like you're talking about the Pride Parade taking a year, really to do a big project like that and to get all your ducks in a row and get everything lined up correctly. These things, they, they take time. They take effort and they take time. They can't just be slapped together. No. And I think that... Um I'm happy to hear that you're changing it to We Are Lake Worth because I think that that's part of the process for me um, as an individual because I have a hard time using the word I and me because Compass and the culture that we've created here in the city of Lake Worth is we are a we. We are part of a we that is something bigger than all of us and one person is not responsible for the programs and services and one person is not responsible for you know the leadership of Palm Beach Pride which Compass has hosted for I think this 2020 will be our 28th year in Palm Beach County so what started as a barbecue with a couple <laughs> of tents and about a hundred uh, LGBT individuals and community members um, has now grown into its own here in Lake Worth with thousands of people being able to see our our beautiful art galleries and our downtown district. And Yeah, what a great way to show off the city. And you're absolutely and right. We're on the water. I mean, it's fabulous here. It's, I almost equate Lake Worth like the, the place, the restaurant that's about to get a four-star rating and like everything's about to change, you know. It's like right now I like that I can walk into the restaurants and sit down and that it's quiet and I'm sure business owners would like a little more activity and that's where that comes from. But I like the pace here and, I, you know, you're right. We're on the water and there's just so many pluses to being here. And you're absolutely right about the whole we point. All of these projects that start, start up, if they remain an I project – any one of them, they fade with the person who starts them because eventually you have to pass the baton to others and a team, and it's never going to grow beyond its original square box if you don't. I so agree, especially you know um, with Compass uh, being a nonprofit and a charitable organization, we wouldn't be Compass without the commitment and the passion of not just the staff and the board of directors, but the hundreds of volunteers, mm-hmm. the clients, the community members, the donors, the supporters, the sponsors of our programs, our grant funders. It really is a collective we, and I think that's why we belong here in Lake Worth, because we are all about the we. It's perfect. I think it's perfectly stated. Now we're going to slide into the format that I use with all of the I Am Lake Worth interviews. I gave you a chance to give a quote about what makes Lake Worth special. And so many people at those opening receptions came up to me and go, oh, I'd really like to know that person better. So this gives us a chance to expand on that. So with that, I think that'll be your first question is what makes Lake Worth special to you? What's the what's the the thing that makes Lake Worth Lake Worth? Well, I'm sure that you gave me a lot of time to think about it. And so I wanted to make sure that it was smart and appropriate and perfectly funny and now, of course, words fail me, but <laughs> I think that I think the reason why I I love Lake Worth and I love being a part of Lake Worth and the, and the B 
being a part of the fabric of this community is because I like the fact that that someone like me or someone like you or someone like them or they can be a part of the we in Lake Worth and be a part of something bigger. And there's always something fun to do here. And I like the fact that we have all of the activists and the environmentalists and um elected and appointed officials that are very inclusive of all of their residents, regardless of immigration status, sexual orientation, um, HIV status, gender identity. I love being a part of this we here. And and that's one of the reasons why um, I was so honored to be a part of the I Am Lake Worth exhibit, soon to be we. That's right. And when we start with the we, we'll be out there doing pictures more of groups than individuals and getting their story. So it's really going to be fun. And I'm sure I'll be back around Compass for doing one of those shots. So that'll be fun. That'd be great. We have a great team here. Cool. Well, we'll definitely schedule that up then. Yeah, I felt that the minute we came here when I moved here, which is three years ago now, and I cannot believe three years have flown by so quickly. But of all the places that we thought about moving, Lake Worth just jumped out to the head of the pack the first time I saw it. And you had Lake and Lucerne and a a big, broad expanse of a downtown that you just don't get anywhere else. By the end of that that morning, I was like, all right, this is where we're going to be. And it's worked out so perfectly. Just love it here. Absolutely. And I think that um, that's part of the reason when um, leadership – Back in the mid-2000s when we realized that there was no plans, financial or otherwise, or means for this building. This was a city-owned, and it still is a city-owned building, Um, and it had operated for 30 years as the Mid-County Senior Center. So when the county decided to build a new facility for our seniors here in mid Palm Beach County, as Lake Worth is the epicenter and is the exact middle of Palm Beach County, and the people that we serve um, utilizing this building as a community center for so long um, when we came in and had a promise to renovate, operate, and maintain this space as a community center for a 20-year low-rent lease, uh, we were one of the few organizations that did exactly what we said we were going to do. So we picked up the keys in January 2008. We opened up the building so that we could start the permitting process and see what kind of repairs were made. We estimated at the time that it was going to be about a $750,000 renovation project. And when we came in, we realized that it's possible that this was originally a daycare center and that the building itself was so sick and in disrepair that it aged our seniors mm. into this community because there was a lot of mold and mildew mitigation that needed to happen. That it had been a building since the early 40s as the famous restaurant and lounge, and I believe it was an apartment building before that. Wow, what a history this building has. Yeah, and I got to see all of that history in the handwritten Um, building permit that looked like a receipt paper when we went to go pull the records um, (laughs) for the permits of the place. um, I think that the building permit for the original structure that we're sitting on right now costs like $7.25. It's just amazing what has happened with prices over time. Well, and you know, it's just so funny because, you know, I was talking about Um, the different types of people that we have in this community. And we're very vocal about what we want to see for Lake Worth. And, um, you know, not everybody was too excited about the thought of having an LGBT organization take over a city-owned building. And a lot of people, you know, they, they had something to say about that, about why is the city giving away its buildings and, you know, or if we're running out of space here and there. But, uh, we fundraised, um, so it was a three-year, $3 million capital campaign, and um, we made the repairs, and I cannot imagine doing the work that we do anywhere else in the county. I mean, it's just such a good fit, and it's a great space. Oh, the um, space is fantastic. But You're... we are running out of room here. 
Well, that's a good problem to have. That means you're successful. <laughs> so it's a good thing. And, you know, um, being in the epicenter of Lake Worth, I always said that Palm Beach County is very unique. Um, and so there are a lot of um, community leaders that are very vocal about some of the challenges and the changes that we need to see here in Lake Worth, which it's really the same any any major metropolitan area um, that you have, you you have a homeless problem and we have housing problems and jobs and we want to make sure that the downtown corridor is busy and successful. And so in a charitable organization, yes, we are a nonprofit here and we do provide services for free to those in need and who are eligible for our services. But at the same time, um, it is still a business. And so if we don't have revenues and contracts and grants coming in the door and we're not constantly working to fundraise for center activities and community activities that our residents and our clients can participate in to give them a reason to come into the center outside of maybe their coming out issues or their family issues. I think that one of the important things to remember is that once we received marriage equality for same-sex couples um, 2015, um, I think that the greater community thought, oh, you guys are not any – you're no longer relevant. You, you have gay marriage. You have same-sex marriage and marriage equality. So things are good, right? And I have to say that not so much. We have a long way to go. There is a long way to go. That just perceptions and – People write it. It doesn't happen overnight, you know. You and you've built a beautiful space here that provides safety and community, and it's just it's a fantastic place. And you're. It seems amazing to me that it's only 2015 that the marriage equality went in, and um, you know, it's one of those things that in my brain it's like we should have had this all along. You know why? What? What took so long? Well, not everybody feels that way, Carl. Um, You're absolutely right. And I always have to make room for for my friends with different opinions because otherwise my friend group would be very, very small. That's true. I think that we do have a way of surrounding ourselves with like-minded people. And um, it feels safe. Um, I'm very much aware of my privilege, Uh as a out uh, lesbian woman, I love living here in Lake Worth. Um, we live around the corner from here um, with my partner of 13 years and my daughter who attends the Lake Worth campus um, at Palm Beach State up the street. And I do realize that I, I work in an LGBTQ environment. And so for me to be open in in my everyday self at work, I do know that that is a privilege because every single day that we open the doors, we have community members that even though we have marriage equality, um, and that is the law of the land in the state of Florida as well as across the United States, um, you can get married on a Friday and put a picture of you and your new spouse on your desk on Monday, and you can still be fired for being gay or transgender. And so we have come a long way, but we have quite a long way to go. And it's kind of interesting that it worked out that you would be here in June because June of 2019, June is typically the month of pride mm -hmm. across the world. And that, of course, is directly correlated to the Stonewall riots, which happened in June of 1969. So this year, this June is very important to the community because it's 50 years of the Stonewall riots, which many attribute to the catalyst for the gay rights movement. Um, sort of a, and what, a spark plug, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and what that means for us. And so uh, um, we have Pride, our actual Pride Festival in March um, here in South Florida, as well as uh, Pride Festivals in Miami and uh, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, and Tampa typically happen between March and April. But that's just because it's not as hot 
and it's not as rainy because if it's June in the Florida, then you know <laughs> the rain is coming and it's going to be like a feels like of 100 degrees. Well, if, if you could just whisper that to anyone who's in charge of the July 4th boat parade because that's the hottest function of the year here in Lake Worth and we're never going to change it. But I get I get to the end of that parade and I just want to jump right into the lagoon. I know. You know, it's fun. there's a funny story about the, the Lake Worth uh, raft regatta. What is it? The Bryant Park Neighborhood Association, July 4th, Lake Worth raft regatta. And so for those listeners, um, that is the stupidest and most exhilarating and fun event. It's one of my- I didn't know where you were going with that. Listen, (laughs) it is my, one of my favorite events in Lake Worth. And so when we knew that we were going to be renovating the building in Lake Worth, it was 2008. Um, at the time my boss was like, well, if we're moving to Lake Worth, you- it's your job to make sure that Compass becomes a part of the Lake Worth community and you have to find out what is important to them. And there were two events that were important to Lake Worth and that was number one, the street painting festival. Absolutely. And number two was the raft regatta where you have to make your own raft and there are no rules and I just didn't know what this looked like. And so I built a raft (laughs) And we didn't sink that year, but we certainly didn't win. And so with the exception of, I think, one year, a couple of years ago, um, Compass has always entered a raft in the Lake Worth Raft Regatta. And so we've come close, but we've never received that coveted Lake Worth, the grunge cup. That's mm. what everybody wants to have on their mantle for the rest of it's the really year. It's really pretty ugly if you look at it. <laughs> it really is. I don't know who made it, but... Um, from what I understand, it came from all of the trash. It comes from all of the trash uh, that was found in the lagoon at one time. Um, and I think that uh, in years past, uh, there was a lot of uh, water um, quality issues when it came to the Lake Worth Lagoon. And they used to have um, what was called the plunge for the grunge. Mm where you would dive in. But, um, you know, the renovations of the Snook Islands um, and all the work that they've been doing over the last 10 years um, has really created um, a cleaner water environment, not just for the the fish and the animals and some other things that are swimming in there that I don't want to be. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I a lot of times I'll take a kayak through the Snook Islands and I like to paddleboard over there and the waters are cleaner. And so I think that that's a true testament to the people of Lake Worth. And over the years, the city commission and the building managers and parks and rec, the part of all of the we's that help make Lake Worth what it is. Each of the neighborhoods, sure. Yeah, I think our our street's going through renovation right now. So those construction workers start pounding on that pavement to repave our road. Um, We're in Parrot Cove so that starts really early in the morning now. But it's going to be great when it's done. Our street was done last summer, and it's really night and day different. Yeah. And it's my car is going to last a couple of years longer from not having all the potholes. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Not just the potholes, but the dirt. Yeah. We have a lot of dirt roads and alleyways here in Lake Worth. And so in order to park behind my um, townhome, I have to pull in through that dirt gravel mm-hmm. road. And I don't like washing my car when it's 100 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully it'll cut down on that too. But I think that – I think the, just the resilience of Lake Worth really just means that people will rise together and – we do have problems and we do talk about them all the time and challenges, but unlike anywhere else, I think that we're very unique in that we have the poorest of the poor living right next door to the richest of the rich. And I like the old style. I love the cottages that we have here. Um, I absolutely love the neighborhoods. I do too. The mid-century houses. You know, you, you, we've got the cottages from the 1920s. And the Sears and Roebuck kit houses. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the 1950s and some of the stuff that's in Eden Place and in College Park and just beautiful, flat, old Florida 
mid-century stuff. You know, so if you're an architecture buff, there's a lot to look at here. And we have a lot of talent in Lake Worth. Boy, the only do reason we. the only reason why I know about the different um districts in Lake Worth and the historic districts is because the Neighborhood Association and the NAPC, you know, they organize community neighborhoods. And some of those association meetings for a long time happened here in the center because we are so centrally located mm -hmm. and we're open um, 14 hours a day, which is more than any other government center here in town. Um, and so we wanted to be a part of the community and be able to host a safe space. If we have the room and you have an idea for a group meeting or a community organizing meeting, uh, we hosted uh, the Lake Worth Public Charette. Um, it was a I believe it was like six weekends in a row before the casino building mm, got okay. renovated. The architects came in and they held a public forum in Charette where people could see the different designs if they wanted to go with the Mediterranean style um, so that the residents of the community could come in, learn about what was on the table for the renovation of the casino building, which is a very important part of Lake Worth's history, and really talk to the designers and the architects and and give their input of what they see and, and for their Lake Worth and their beach projects. And we were really proud to be a part of that. And so, you know... We've been here for 10 years this year, and I'm wondering what the next 10 years is going to bring. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And I just want to circle back to you had mentioned the resiliency of Lake Worth. and We can even put that in the context of the boat parade. The summer that I got here, they had to cancel the part of the boat parade in the, in the lagoon because of an algae bloom. Yes. And so the race was actually done in the pool. Uh -huh. the, the pool was open long enough for that to happen. I was there. So I did not paddle that day. <laughs> I've been part of Eden Place's team for the last couple of years, and we always make a bicycle-powered boat. We never win. We usually wind up with a chain popping off or not being able to, to control it, but we have a lot of fun, and we always put so much of our energy into decorating the boat and our costumes, and that seems to be where we really, really shine in Eden Place. Well, I do remember um, I was on the raft one year, and it was a fight to third place with Eden Place. <laughs> I don't remember if it was 2009 or 10, and I very much remember specifically because I believe Eden Place had pummeled us with some water balloons and squirt guns to try to get ahead of us. Mm, that sounds so, like the no rules situation. Yeah, I think there was a no rules heavily <laughs> utilized that day. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, Parrot Cove, um, Downtown Jewel. They always have several entries in the race, so some people think that's not fair. Other people just they continue to say, "Hey, there's no rules." Right, and you know, we're definitely eating places now. The kinder, gentler Eden place, and it seems that <laughs> the shenanigans come from South Palm Park, and you know, the boats that have all the the big guys on them, and it's the healthy pure muscle power. It's yeah. the healthy competition that I think is the most fun. You know, the ribbing and um, the trash talk leading up to the Fourth of July raft oh, all, race. All, all the dinners at the restaurants and the bars the week before with the captains and and. That is the best part of all of it. Everyone's it's fun. trash talking, yeah. Oh, yeah. The trash talking needs to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's that's definitely part of that resilience thing. And the other thing you were talking about is that, you know, we do have differences here. And that's okay because when something real happens, clean up from a hurricane, somebody that is in the community has a need and it becomes known, boy, nobody asks any questions. The only question they ask is, hey, what can I do? Yep. You know, and- as I've been here three years, I just love the city more and more for that. And thank God I do because sometimes the little stuff and all the, the talking and the noise and the nonsense about issues and the million opinions about stuff that can get clogged on Facebook, sometimes I just want to scream. But every day I wake up and just remember that, A, I live in paradise, and B, these people will bend over backwards for me if anything ever happens just because I've seen them do it time and time again. It happens. It happens every year. I think that um, I always said that, you know, um, 
Whenever we host an event, whether it's a, an outreach event or something like um, Stonewall Ball, that's coming up um, June 22nd for us this year. Um, whenever we host an event, people are just amazed. They're like, oh my gosh, it was even bigger and better this year. And we just don't know how you do this and we don't know how you pull it off. And I really look at every day that we open those doors, those front doors to the center is an, a new event. That's right. You never know what the day is going to bring. And I kind of like that um, environment, but I like the way that Lake Worth embraces all of its residents. Um, you can be who you are. And if we can be a part of that safe space and be who we are, yeah, sure. You know, there are some days where everybody needs a coach, you know, and you <laughs> need a little nudge to get out the door. Um, but I just, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm a little biased. Yeah, I am too. That's that's why it's called I am Lake Worth. And yeah, not <laughs> I am Del Rey or whatever else. True that. Well, they need to get their own I am person for for their towns because you know they're you know we we serve here at Compass. We serve the whole county. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try very hard not to much pit like, the cities against like each the, other. The cultural council is for the whole county. It is for Palm the Beach. whole county, but. Um, but yeah, our heart is is definitely here in Lake Worth. Cool. All right. Well, we're moving into that part of the podcast now where we talk a little bit just of some of your favorite places here in Lake Worth and some of the things you like to do when you're not here working at Compass. Well, um, as I said, I think that the Lake Worth Lagoon and our waterfront park and Bryant Park and our beach is the best beach. It's a pretty good beach, yeah. I mean, it's a really good beach. I wait every single year so I can get my resident beach parking decal. I wish we had more parking spaces. They only give us 50. Yeah, I, I would, you know, for the money you pay for the parking pass, which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things, but I would like a little <laughs> bit more, a few more spots so that during season – when I head to the beach on a Saturday, I don't have to drive around for an hour to find a parking spot or finally just give up and pay for a parking spot. It's so true. So I I love being outdoors in the Lake Worth community. I, I know that that um um that there's uh been some crime issues in certain areas of our community, just like in any other town or city. Um, but uh where I live, uh I feel very safe. To be able to walk, um, you know, walk my dogs or go for a, a bike ride um, in my area, I just feel safe here. Um, yeah, and, I, I and feel like it's a very safe city. Too. I really do. Um, and of course, you know, you you can't put yourself in a, in a bad situation. So, um, you know, you keep your nose clean and your mouth shut and your ears open, and it'll serve you right every single time. Um, but I really love. Um, Going to the beach bonfires, I know that those start up in November after turtle um, nesting season mm-hmm. is over, um, and they go through February. I think that I I don't think I've ever heard of any public beach events where you where a whole bonfire is built, and the community comes together, and you know we can be right there on the sand and bring our kids. It's a very family friendly event. They get the kids get their own bonfire, mm-hmm. so you can bring marshmallows and marshmallow sticks, and so they get first dibs on sitting at the smaller fire. I think the bonfires on the beach um, is one of my favorite events. I, um, of course, there's Palm Beach Pride. Um, but I love the street painting festival. It's grown over the years so much. And um, I like the fact that I can go downtown walking distance from my house or, or here at Compass and I can get a $3 hamburger or a $10 fresh fish filet. Um, I can walk in and, you know, into a happy hour and especially when we're out of season, you know, you can get a lot of really great deals in in, in restaurants, especially for the early bird dinners. Oh, it's a different place when season's over. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, anywhere from Japanese food to sushi to steak to five-star Italian restaurants, um, a lot of times I see that uh, a lot of the Palm Beach Island residents, they come over here to Lake Worth um, to participate in our restaurants because we have the 
pick of the crop. I mean, any kind of food, any kind of um, culture that experience that you want, we've got a restaurant for it. We've got a bar for it. We've got a festival for it. That's right. And we'll probably throw a parade for you if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not organizing that one. This one is enough, Carl. Just one. I hear you. It's a lot, a lot of work. I totally agree with you. I love the fact that I can go out my front door and on foot or on my bike and be downtown in 10 minutes and enjoy, you're right, an evening in the restaurants and just a real neighborhood feel to it. I didn't have this when I lived in New York. We lived, you know, 40 miles north of the city and most of my time when I worked in the city, my commute was two hours each way. So if I worked a full day and had oh. four hours of commuting – there was no way I wanted to go out and actually get in my car to go back downtown to our downtown and go out to eat maybe on Friday night. But on weeknights, boy, you had trouble getting me to <laughs> – once I pulled in the driveway, that was pretty much it. So I, I love the pace. I love the feel. You know, we we definitely the benefits of, of the South here. Um, a slower pace than I grew up with with my first 50 years. I grew up in upstate New York. and um, What part? Um, just outside of Utica. Ilian, New York. Um, I always say outside of Utica because nobody's ever heard of Ilian. But You're lucky if they've heard of Utica. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Well, it's home of Annette Funicello. Do they know who that is? I mean, she was one of the originally original Mouseketeers. That's our claim to fame in Utica is that we have Annette Funicello, original Mouseketeer. So we had a really uh, diverse community um, in the small town that I was in, believe it or not. And um, I remember being a teenager and I just couldn't wait to get the heck out of that town. And now my daughter's 22. And over the years, I'm now realizing that she was never allowed to walk to the bus stop. Mm-hmm. Um she always knows what it means to lock the front door behind you while you're home. And we just didn't grow up with that. And so I realized that mom, my mom did a pretty good job with us. And back then, it wasn't just the parents' responsibility or put it off on school teachers' responsibility to raise the village of kids. I remember we got in trouble when we got home. My brother and I had taken our bikes up to the corner candy store, Clipple's candy store, as a matter <laughs> of fact. Um, and Mrs. Clipple had um, called our house because, of course, it was a house phone. We only had to dial the last four digits sure. of the phone number um, or five digits of the phone number back then. So now I'm really dating myself. But I remember Mrs. Clipple called the house and spoke to my mom when we were on our way home to let us know that um, my brother had paid for his penny candy with rolled up wheat pennies, <laughs> which no kid is going to roll wheat pennies to save them. And so she knew that... My brother had probably taken them off of our dad's dresser bureau. <laughs> and also, she overheard him standing in the bread aisle that he was using curse words like H E double L toothpick mm. and things like that. So, by the time we got home, my mom is tapping her foot, arms folded on the front porch. Mrs. Clipple called, and you are grounded for two weeks. <laughs> and so, you know, I remember I just couldn't wait to get out of that life. And I realized that we were pretty lucky and that we were able to grow up without having to worry about locking our front doors and the keys were under the seat in the car. Right. And, you know, out, outside of the weather, because I do not want to go up there in the winter ever again, it's freaking cold. Um <laughs> And we're not allowed to say climate change here in the state of Florida um, because it doesn't exist. And, of course, I'm being facetious. Um, but I realized that that was a pretty cool way to grow up. And I think that there are some parts of Lake Worth that that it's the entire village's responsibility to raise our families. And so even though you might not know all of your neighbors, you know enough people that – 
it's nice to run into a familiar face when you're going downtown for a cold beer or a fresh know. lunch. And it just it just makes you feel like we're a, we have a pretty large bustling town, but we have the small town feel. And I think do. that's what attracts me to it. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, they keep saying – well, they say it because it is the city of Lake Worth, but boy, this this is like a the best of what small towns are like. And I certainly agree with you that I was raised in that community parenting model. It was kind of forced on my neighborhood because we were we were in the last county north that you were allowed to live in and still be a New York City police or fireman. So a lot of the dads were off on working four days on and three days off. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the moms were home, um, families that were first generation out of the city. So yeah, it was every mom was on the front stoop and there was a network, you know, that went over the clotheslines. You know, usually if you did something wrong, by the time you pedaled your bike home, you knew about it, kind of like your story. And that was a pretty good way to grow up. I wanted to shake the dust of Washingtonville, New York, off of my shoes as quickly as possible and went away to college in upstate. I went to SUNY Geneseo and lived in Rochester for a little while. But the reality was is that I spent the rest of my life there. I came back and one year after I got married, was in the Hudson Valley up until three years ago, you know, and loved, loved that area. It was nice that we also had you know, one hour on, on the on the train and we had New York City at our feet. So that was kind of cool too. It was an interesting way to grow up. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering what the kids today think. I mean, they're stuck with social networking and so much news and media and, you know, trouble in schools. Like we didn't have to worry about when we went to school, we we did practice ducking cover drills. Because right. our school was about an hour from Griffin Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our my fellow students um, and friends, their parents worked at Griffin Air Force Base. And so this was when the doom and gloom of Russia and right, air and- attacks and, and things like that. And so um, I do remember duck and cover drills where we would go, we would leave our classrooms to the safety of the inner hallway and we would all have to put our heads up against the lockers or sometimes we would have to shelter in place underneath our desks. But we didn't have to practice for shootings and yeah, that's a whole different ball game and the stress level the kids are growing up with today i can't even imagine just the the average daily buzz level of stress has got to be so much higher than what you and i grew up with just out of with all the things that they're dealing with you know without even realizing it that's so true i mean you know i went through a period of time where i was bullied in school and um Compass has had a LGBTQ youth program here for 25 years, and we still get stories of bullying and kids getting picked on. Um, um, having a 22-year-old, um, you know, she had to suffer through the mean girl phase sure. um, in high school down here. And uh, I think back to a time where the bullying stopped at 3 o'clock when the school bell rang. And now it's 24 hours a day through social media, text messages, all of those things. And we have so many, so much bigger problems to worry about other than bullying. But bullying still happens. And, you know, and it can carry on into the adult life and, and into the workplace. It's in, into can. the workplace. And, and we have to be able to recognize those because specifically, you know, we have what we call historical trauma in our communities. So uh, the Jewish community, they have the historical trauma mm. of having family members as um, adult survivors of the Holocaust. Palm Beach County, um, I learned uh, a few years ago for uh, when we brought the Holocaust, we had a traveling Holocaust exhibit in the center for eight weeks. That changed my life. Um I didn't know much about the Holocaust, um, only from what I learned in schools, that Palm Beach County has the highest percentage of adult Holocaust survivors than any other county in the country. And we're losing them. And um, time is not on their side at this point. Right. And, you know, there's something that the museum is doing really well. Um, They're sharing people's stories. Mm -hmm. And so... 
this format is kind of interesting because you're a storyteller or you're sharing other people's story. And in that format and in that venue, however it is, if it's a video format or written or um, audio format, the Holocaust Museum has been capturing these stories of the survivors and what they went through. And last year, we took on that model as we were are losing some of our pioneers of the LGBT rights movement sure. here in Palm Beach County. Uh, we collaborated with Palm Beach Drama Works in West Palm Beach um, on Clematis Street oh, across from the fountains. So we collaborated on an unfunded project where we would set up our LGBT elders and pioneers of the movement local um, and have them interviewed by some of our, our youth that are program participants. And we would videotape those stories and – um, we learned a lot last year. Um, we knew that we had to move quickly, and we ended up not being able to capture two prominent figures in, mm. in the community because they passed away at a very, you know, full life, 90, 91, 92. But at the same time, we are also capturing those stories. And so the format of storytelling has helped me appreciate Lake Worth appreciate my role here at Compass and making sure that generations are te teaching each other because we all have stories of discrimination and bullying. Um, and those are the, those are the things that kind of tie us all together. It's comforting to know that regardless of the technological changes of generation over Absolutely. generation, but that the human condition is exactly the same. It really is. And it doesn't matter what challenge or um, what historical trauma or what type of discrimination you're facing. Um, you know, these are trying times. And with the 50 years of Stonewall anniversary happening this month, a lot of cities are coming on board and they're raising the pride flag to let everybody know that, you know, they're welcoming and they're inclusive. That's something that the city of Lake Worth has been doing long before it was popular, long before social networking. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, I wish that all of our cities across small town America could be as inclusive and welcoming as the city of Lake Worth and also West Palm. It's kind of like a drop happening like a drop of water. Palm Beach County is really the Mason-Dixon line of equality. The further north you go, the next closest LGBTQ center is in Orlando, mm. where, of course, Pulse Orlando happened a couple of years ago. That is part of today's generation's historical trauma. That's maybe they weren't around for the Stonewall riots, or maybe they barely heard about that history, but their historical trauma now for our LGBTQ youth is Pulse Orlando. It is, because you think about it, it's like asking the question, where were you when Kennedy was shot? You know, for that generation, it's the, where it's that were you moment. when Pulse happened? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that we just need to develop an admiration for each other's stories. And you don't have to understand and fully comprehend someone's journey. But to accept someone doesn't mean that you have to fully understand what they're going through. I will never know. I mean, yes, things were difficult in, in my coming out process, um, um, identifying as a lesbian. Um, but I'm also a mom and I'm a community member and I'm a sister and I'm a daughter and I'm a partner and I'm a friend. And so all of these intersectionalities of the community here in Lake Worth, I think that that's another reason why I'm so drawn to it and that we just need to be a little bit more accepting and give each other a little bit more forgiveness because we're always going to be passionate about the things that we believe in and, and stand on and, you know, that safety net that we were talking about earlier about surrounding ourselves mm -hmm. with like-minded people. Like I said, not everybody um, in the Lake Worth community was excited that they were going to have one of the largest LGBT organizations um, 
in the country right here in the smack in the middle of their hometown. But I think that we've done a really great job of just being a part of the community. But we still need that safe space. There is such a value in that history of being here and just being part of the community. And you were so right in what you were saying about coming out, but being a mom and being a part of the community and that we all have so much more in common with each other than any one thing about us. Not any one thing about us should define us clearly to somebody else. You know, take the time to get to know somebody, have a talk with them, learn a little bit about them. And, and, you know, you're going to realize that even if you don't have the same points of view or believe many of the same things, there's still going to be an undercurrent of your humanity. And I think in most people, the, the desire to be a good neighbor. And, you know, we have that here in ACES. And that's really, you know, I think that Compass goes so well with Lake Worth for that very reason, that it is open and people can see what the LGBT community is like and experience it, you know, and not be afraid of it. That's, you know, the more... The more that the world is accepting and open, the easier everyone gets along. So that's that's my two cents and my my soapbox for this session of uh, I am Lake Worth, and I just want everyone to get along. I know, I hear you. I um, you know, I mean, we we've met along the way and different times, and I think this is the longest conversation that you and I have had the opportunity to talk. And so now that I've gotten a chance to know you a little bit more, now you're not going to be just that podcast or that photographer guy. Exactly. Now I know you as Carl. That's right. (laughs) And I feel the same way. Um, I know me as Carl. No, <laughs> so with that, I think it's a good spot for us to wind down this episode of the podcast. We certainly have a lot of material at 55 minutes, so I'll be able to get this polished up and together by the end of the week and have a great episode for us. I do want to put in a shameless plug for myself that if anybody enjoys this podcast, I have another podcast with Shannon Torrance called The Flying Tortuga Brothers. And tomorrow we have a really, really great interview over on the other side of the state. We're traveling to Venice, Florida, to the studio and darkroom of the legendary Clyde Butcher, who is photographer of the Everglades. Wow. We're going to sit down with Clyde for an extended interview for that podcast. So if you like this one, then wherever you get your podcast, look for the Flying Tortuga Brothers. With that... Julie, thank you so much. This was a great interview. I had a great time, and I look forward to talking to you more. Thank you so much, Carl. I loved it. All right. Bye-bye.